All right. Well, let's let's begin. Second Peter chapter one, beginning with verse one. Do we need to read it? We probably should, but might as well. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an inheritance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right. So we have talked about everything up to verse 8. And we've went through all of the list of things being added on and added on and added on. We've gone through the knowledge of God. Excuse me. We have gone through um, all of it up to really the whole reason we are having this class, talking about in these end times, how how are we going to not be ineffective or unfruitful? How are we going to fulfill God's plan and purpose for our life? How is it that we can be overcomers all the way to the end? How do we get there? How do we finish? And this week, we're talking about being effective and fruit bearers. And so we are expected expected to bear fruit. John chapter 15 beginning with verse 4, says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, uh, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, 
He is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. We are expected to bear fruit. That is the reason we are here. It's the reason we're saved. We're, we're going to talk about tonight that it's, it's actually the ultimate reason we're here is to bear fruit. It's to, it's to be reproducing, repopulating re, uh, the earth. We can, when we go back, we'll look at Genesis. That's the reason God put us on the earth. Why It's why he told us to go forth and multiply. Adam sinned, blah, 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 blah. We have all of that. But now... Now we're, we're not working to refill the earth with more human beings, although that is part of what's going on in the world. But we're supposed to repopulate the earth with someone else or with something else. So, that is why we were originally created. The earth was created to bear fruit, Genesis 1.11. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit, trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which in which is their seed, each according to his kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning the third day. So when he created life because the earth itself when he when the earth was created it was not necessarily life it was a it was an object it's a thing it is a it's it has matter but it's not living things on the earth are living but the earth itself is not living but the first thing that he creates that is living he says it should be bearing more of itself it should be reproducing itself and he built within it within the seed the ability to reproduce and he said it was good then he built then if you look i don't know so uh, there's something else i don't have my i can pull up my bible bible real quick but he, he created a couple more things on day four and then he gets to day five he creates the sea animals and uh, so Genesis 1:21. So God created the sea creatures and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, "Be fruitful." and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth and there was evening and there was morning the fifth day and so god created more life he created animal life he created um in uh the the next set of verses he's he talks about creating uh land animals there it doesn't say be you know that it, that, that they're to re- reproduce after their own kind but we know that's what happens that's what's that's what is what goes on and so right from the beginning, everything that had life within it, plant life, uh, life in the sea, life on the land, life everywhere, had the ability to reproduce itself. It, and that's what it was created for, to fill the earth with life. Because the, the world was 
formless and void. It didn't have any life in it. And we could talk about that, but I'm not going to. It's a whole other subject. But, a whole other theological subject. But, uh, what's that? Grown if it has no life. Grown. The earth groans. It does now. It does. Yes. All right. So, then we come to day six. What was created on day six? Man. Genesis 1.26. Man was created to bear fruit. Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth. And subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And so man was created, and man was created to multiply, to, to, to produce, to, to, to grow the number of people, is, is, the, is what he's talking about here, to, to, to have children, to, to fill the earth with life. Man was supposed to fill the earth. Animals were supposed to fill the earth. Plants were supposed to fill the earth. Now, think about this. Do we have overcrowding, overpopulation on the earth? No. In certain places? Certain places, sure. Yeah. Cities, there are some cities that, yeah, are way overpopulated. But as a whole, the earth itself is not overpopulated. It's not. Do you know... If you took every human being that has ever lived, ever lived on the earth, and they were all still alive, and you put them in all, all in one place, shoulder to shoulder, standing shoulder to shoulder, do you know how much of the earth you would fill? Texas? Yeah, it's like the state of Arizona or the state of Texas. Wow. That's, that's billions and billions, billions and billions of people. <laughs> Broken by Carl Sagan in a, uh, impersonation there. That's billions of people. Uh, somebody asked me recently when we were driving if you know how many people I thought there were uh, there were on the Earth when the when the flood came. Have you ever heard that before? I actually researched it to uh, to find out because I, I had had the same question one time, and the, there was a some a group of mathematicians that actually figured out. If people lived so long and they had so many children and they kept having children for so long and they weren't dying, they, they lived longer. Yep, yep, yep. So at the time, at the time of the the flood, they figured there were there were at least thirteen billion people on the earth. That's a lot of people to die in one day. But so. How does that compare to today? Seven. Yeah, there's there's seven billion on the earth right now. So, but even if you take that thirteen billion plus everybody who was born after the flood, who you know, if, if everybody lived, you still put them side by side. We only fill Texas. Yeah. The world is not overpopulated. <laughs> there are places that are overpopulated, but people have been moving mm -hmm. forever. So move, <laughs> do something different, folks. Same thing, though, with animals. Now, the, the one thing that's interesting, and I don't know how that would have worked. Maybe there weren't any bugs. But, <laughs> no. but, 
We could all hope. We could we only hope, couldn't we? But, but if they all lived and they kept producing bugs, I don't know how that all would have worked, but do you know that if, I heard a statistic lately, that if there weren't things that, that ate bug, dead bugs, and if there weren't uh, things that where, they, where there was decaying, that within days we'd be ankle deep in, uh, in bugs in the world. Be- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Be be up north during the Mayfly hatch, you know, going across the going across the the, the the bridge up there. So, but the Earth is not overpopulated. It could have sustained life until now, over seven thousand years, six six thousand years. It could have sustained life if no one had died. More than enough resources, more than enough ability uh, to do everything. But we didn't. Here we are. So man was created originally to reproduce. But we sinned and we and, and, and man began to act anti-God from that <clears throat> from that point on and put different barriers on that. But when Jesus came, everything changed, and we went back. We actually went back to the way it was supposed to be in the garden. And, and we don't have to wait for heaven. We have heaven. This, the, we have the ability to live within the anointing right now. It is ours here. And so we just have to, we, we just have to act like it. We have to take dominion over the earth just like God told Adam to take dominion. We have that authority. We have we should we should be doing it. But then he 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 then resets the standard and he expects us to bear fruit. John 15. So he chose us and appointed us to bear fruit. Fruit. John 15:14. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants for the servant uh, the Jews were called servants. The, all of the Jews, when whenever he would talk to them, yes, they were called the children of Israel, but they were always considered his servants. They were never family. The Jews, even though they were called the children of Israel, they were not called the children of God. We're the ones who are called the children of God. So he's Jesus is changing it, changing the, the scenario here. And this is the night before he dies. And so, you know, everything's about to change completely. <laughs> Brian, could you do me a huge favor? I left my water in my office, in my refrigerator. The uh, the kids are the girls are doing a, a sex talk, so you might want to knock really loud before you walk in. But uh, no, 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 everything's in my. And he <laughs> talk about putting them in a in an awkward position. So. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command command you so that you will love one another. So he, he tells us that we're supposed to bear fruit. That is the reason we exist. It sounds good. It sounds right. 
But do we? <laughs> that's that's the question. I'm curious what it really is. Yeah, very good. I'm glad you. I'm glad you asked that. We'll get to that in just a moment. But yeah, we're supposed to bear fruit. Thank you so much. Oh, good. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, but we're we are the whole reason, um, you know. I, and I quote my brother every once in a while, but I don't give him any money for it. But uh, my brother said one time, if salvation was about heaven, then we would die. We would get saved, die, and go to heaven. That, I mean, why? Why would? Why would this? Why would the rest of our life matter at that point? Who cares? If, if all that really matters is heaven, if, if eternity is all that we're looking forward to, there is something more. There is a purpose and a plan for us here on this earth. And that is why we're here. There is something more. And he expects us, there is an expectation, there is a, there is a commandment even here that we're supposed to bear fruit. What does that fruit look like? That's, the, that's, a, that's a great question. Because, stopping, going back to our our uh, text for the whole uh, course in Second Peter, he says, if you keep doing these things, if you keep growing in these areas, if you keep growing in love and in faith and in, in godliness and in virtue, and if you keep growing in all these areas, it'll keep you from being unfruitful and ineffective. He, he's saying all of this because what's important is that we be fruitful and that we be effective because, and I'm going to give away next week's class. You don't have to come next. No, you do have to come next week. (laughs) By being fruitful and effective, then we make our calling sure. If we're not being fruitful, and we'll talk about that in here in just a second, if we're not being fruitful and we're not being effective, are we saved? It's a good question. I'm glad you asked it. I'm glad I asked it. All right. So, so what exactly are we supposed to be effective and bearing fruit doing? That is a really strange sentence the more I look so at it. Can I just ask? You, yes. We're probably the only people in here that have kids in Oakdale private or Oakdale public schools and like our two daughters that are in middle school are totally coming up up against all of this and we've weighed against bringing them into like private you know they can they have the opportunity to do like internet schooling and like private schooling with us we've weighed that and, and have decided that for all of high school they will do that but our oldest daughter is like in between on her last grade and we weigh against all of this because I don't feel and Stephen doesn't feel sorry to speak up if I'm speaking for you and it's not accurate but but that what they're being taught is just tolerance and not not how to live it out and so we've um, talked to her at length even last night for like the difference between tolerance and being able to live out what you're supposed to live out, if that's the best way to say it, because, you know, our, both of our kids, our oldest daughters, actually three of our four kids are on the autism spectrum, so they score really high for, like, you know, 
ACT tests and all that, and Rachel was invited to take an early ACT test to get to college really early and all that stuff. And we just, like, I don't want her to miss out on college or high school life, but at the same time, if this is what it has to offer, which is not, like, what I hear her coming home with is, like, they have these food with food fights across the cafeteria and they Mm -hmm. ridiculously like call each other the n-word and call each other these other words and it's not okay with me that she would be involved with like labeling other kids so we are at a crossroads with our kids for like what really is the best part best path i guess Mm -hmm. right for them because i really feel like she's smart enough to know that it's not okay to do those other things and she because she's appalled by it not because of our own teaching or that like we think she should know but she comes to us and says they call this person the n-word they call this person the gay word they call this person the whatever word and i just want her to only know love and so she comes to us with these concerns, and and I'm this is totally off script. Sorry. You know what? But, but, like, but it's what it's what's like, in the heart. <laughs> I, it is. It's okay totally way on because <laughs> we have a decision to make for our kids for if we continue down public schooling or if we privately school them online in our home. And and Rachel, our oldest daughter, she's 13, so she's going to be going into high school next year. She was invited to take her ACTs early, like she was invited to do all of these aptitude tests early, to get into high college early. And if she does that, that's great. I don't want to push her into anything like she's not ready, you know, really to handle. But at the same time, as a parent, I sit back and I'm like, she if she hates it that much, why? And when she tells us why, and it's because of these reasons because they're not accepting of other people. They don't love on other people. It's 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 a really tough road for parents to mm-hmm. like kind of navigate down because at some point, you know, they're gonna have to suck it up. Like they're gonna get it in the real world. Like right? Like somebody gets that, right? They're gonna get into the real world where like, yeah, your colleague hates you and it's because you're white or because you're Christian or because you're female or because you're whatever like that happens in everyday life in corporate america how do they deal with that and preparing them for that i feel like is different than what high school is supposed to do for our children and having our kids like it breaks my heart when rachel comes home and is like i never i don't want to go back to that school ever because they say these things they do these things Part of me is like, yay, you know they're wrong, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then part of me is like, that's what you have to navigate through to get your scholarships and to get into what you need to get into to have a good future. Mm-hmm. So like, how does all of that, like any advice or, or any thing that anybody could give us for our kids? <laughs> yeah. Look, she's in a... <clears throat> She's in eighth grade, but she got an invitation to take her ACTs early because she's so smart and her scores from the MA, what are they, the MACTs? So the government (laughs) standardized test says that she scores so high she should take the ACTs early. So she, 
and and it wasn't like super pressure. I was like, you can either do it or not, whatever. He said the same thing. She can take them, and if she gets into college early, that's great. But but my other kids are really kids too. You know, I have three other kids behind her that are super smart in their own ways, and some are so they so they get they get their brains from Steve because they do. because they do. because you still have yours. Always that always. <laughs> But at the same time, like, how do you even navigate through that? Because she, when I talk to her, I say, like, Rachel, if you score into, like, college classes, you can get college credit. Because that's what this whole invitation basically is offering. If you score into college, yes, if you score into college classes, you can get college credit. 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade will be your your high school credit and your college credit, both. And you can graduate with both your high school di- diploma and your college degree at the same time. It's how they count it. So, and so I don't really care about that, but but at the same time, I don't want to hold her back. But, so but a lot that. of this plays into it. Yeah. A lot of this, a lot of like, what do you really, because I mean, really, for a college diploma, you have to go through like, how do you discern from, it, it doesn't even matter, liberal arts is like so generic, but liberal arts part of what constitutes for a BS, BSN is like, do you believe in God? Do you believe in what they preach? Do you believe in, and like how, how does this prepare her for that? Is part of my concern because she's not in these classes. And what do we do for that? Like, I feel like we can cope and coach her through a lot of that, but but I'm concerned about that. And, and and a lot of it also is what other kids are just skating by, like by Wikipedia, Wikipedia, and being like, what does God say about well, <coughs> those are the questions, and that's what they do. Honestly, that's what I did when I was in that stage. <laughs> I would Wikipedia it, so I'm just. Wish it would. I just don't know. Yeah, I, I wish they had. I wish they had computers back then. That would have been. I don't know how to parent. I'm just saying. I don't know how to parent. I do not know how to parent through that phase of life when she's going from a jump from like middle school to like graduation. Well, we have some because experts. she's not going to be. She's not <laughs> a lot of people well, are Right, but she's not going to be in the middle school phase of things because she's bored so high in all those aptitude tests like for science and math and blah, blah, blah. They think she's brilliant. But I need an understanding that she knows what life is about. And there's not anything like... And, and that even related to us, even if it was not associated with the school district or anything, there's nothing related to us to say like she gets it religiously, she gets where her responsibility is to be a human and how she needs to live her life. And there's not a checkpoint. And I want that. I almost want her, even if she fails and goes off and does whatever, I just want to know where she stands when she leaves our house. Well, because I, that's I think very you're doing close. that. You're, you're doing that with, mm-hmm. with your lifestyle, number one. You know, the choices that you guys have made. It's, 
Well, it scares all of us. I'm sure, I'm sure it does. But I'm sure it does. It's nothing new. Nothing new. But I'm petrified that we'll have a child that goes off and it scores really well, like, in all those other areas, but she doesn't have, like, what it really means to be us yes. and what it really means to be Christian and what it really means to be Christ-filled and Oh, I said you're just starting to get a lot of practice of putting them on the altar. Because really, you've done your job. You're doing your job. 13 is young. I mean, so well, I get that. That's mm-hmm. young. Yeah, but it's not in the world. It, 13 is like too young to start anything yes. in a lot of these areas. Like, Although in some, some cultures and some parts of the world, 12, they're adults and working and having children of their own. And drinking. Thank you, thank you, Vince Music, for that note. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. Thank you for that, though, because there are kids in my daughter's class, and she's 13, and she's like, they're talking about X, Y, and Z, and I know what that means. She doesn't, because she's, you know, my daughter, and she doesn't like dabble in that stuff. So we just praise God. And I'm, I'm, I'm always appalled at what my kids know. You do not need to worry about what that means. And it, it freaks me out. It freaks me out. There needs to be a parenting What really class. cracks me up is when my kids know something and my wife doesn't. Yeah. She, has, she has no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. I'm like, eh, don't ask that. We don't, we don't want a definition. <laughs> uh, See, I think you're actually doing it. You're, 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 just, you're living it as a family. And, and you're, in, you're in, a, in a church where they're getting support from uh, other oh, other adults and other kids. Yeah. I mean, nobody here did it perfect. No. Nobody. I mean, Ricky was no, no, Ricky. <laughs> 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 no, no, really, here has given Rachel like a stability point. Like she can gauge her own behavior yes. based off of the other kids in youth group, and 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 that's super comforting. But I just don't know what else to do. But, with but even other kids in the youth group aren't perfect. That's the that's the amazing part is. You know, I mean, even my kids, my, my kids are against <laughs> they I can't say that on the recording. My, my children no, are wonderful, but... No kid should be perfect on tape. I just want to know, and I have a certain level of comfort with Rachel coming here for youth group and participating in youth group and... Nadine will do that next year, and, and, and Pastor Karen has been great with our young kids. And, but we didn't come to this church from the time that our kids were babies, right? So right. we have kind of an integration thing where we're trying to figure One. out like where they fall and, and where they they're all doing, land. They're doing great. After they're awesome kids. Say, say these things to your kids. You know, your kids can hear these kinds of concerns when you say, you know, I know I said what that. And, and, and that's, that's part of, of um, I mean, we, we certainly have issues with our adult children, um, and we had issues with them when they were teenagers, and we had issues with them when they were young, and, and you know, they went to Christian school, public schools, colleges, 
Yeah. But, you know, just kind of keep the, the communication open. Say, you know, these are my concerns. This is what I'm seeing going on around you. This is what the Word of God says. You know, at some point in your life, you're responsible for your decisions. Yeah. You know, we would like to help you with those decisions. We'll pray over you. We'll pray with you. We want to surround you with people who are going to hold your arms up when the battle gets tough. Um, Please come to us with any concerns you have. We will, you know, we will listen to you. We may not like what we hear, but those, no. those kinds of things. And, and, and as far as schooling is go, um, you know, find, ask, pray people into their lives that are going to be able to fill those voids that you can't. And I have prayed for that. Mm -hmm. And that's somewhat happened. Well, and I just appreciate what you said because, um, because in pulling back, so our kids are still in public school. Mm -hmm. Our two oldest are the ones that we're most concerned of because they get all the whole like, yeah. you need to just love gay people and just not, not questions. Like questions aren't okay and all of that. And I think that in our faith, questions are okay. And and I want them to learn something different than that. So we have long discussions with Rachel and Nadine, who are the two that are most impacted with the school district in that respect, to be like, do you ask them why? Like, get to the root of why, and, and tell them that if it's because they were hurt or abused or, or, or something, they can come to church with us, we'll pick them up. That's not a problem, and we do that. But, but what I want for them is to be in, a, in an environment where they can be who they are because they identify themselves as Christian and as, I mean, Rachel will go out there and be like, I'm a Christian, I know who I am, I am who I am, and you're not going to change me. And, and by, by having... That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, you've done she something is. right. She yeah. is. She would never have the guts to do that. But she does. Wonderful. But in this school system in Washington County, if you go to Skyview District School, they judge you on that and she gets spit on. People spit food out on her for being a Christian. They bully her for being a Christian. Like even like people segregate her and be like, I'm Asian, so I can't relate to this Christian person. I'm Muslim, so I can't relate to like they segregate themselves. So like she knows, and I which, I which doesn't sound very tolerant. Yeah, no, I believe, <laughs> yeah. no, it's not. Yeah. I'm supposed to be tolerant, exactly. don't you know? But but maybe is, is, is coming. My my yeah. second daughter is coming into that age where. She doesn't know. She doesn't. She doesn't know because she was raised not to care. To be honest, she was raised not to care if you're Muslim, Christian, anything. She's gonna love people based on how you act. That's how she was raised. We raised her that way intentionally. We raised all of our kids intentionally to just respond to people how you're responding to. And when she gets that stuff, like it breaks her heart. You know, like this person doesn't love me because I'm a person. And Rachel gets the same thing. And they both do. And like, how do you even navigate that with your kids to get them to understand that it's still okay if somebody doesn't respond to you with love, but you can still love them? 
Those Sorry, are, I'm throwing nope. your whole class off. Nope, but, but, but those are, okay. But it's so, like, that was on my heart sitting here mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks, last week and this week, to be like, I will. I'll have <laughs> You're giving us But for our kids, they're faced with that, right? Where they're faced with somebody who is Muslim or who is not Christian and doesn't understand any of it. And they feel all of this love that they want to give out to these other people. And what I told Rachel and Nadine and Owen and Andrew is to just give it out. It doesn't matter what you get back, just give it out. Because if you love people, they will receive it at some point, or they won't. Or they won't. And if they don't, that's not on you. If you give it out, it's not on you. And that's what I teach my kids. But at the same point, like how do we equip our kids to like for that next step? Like when they're rejected so bad. You know, this is somebody that's well, supposed let's to be a friend and they get rejected. And how do they respond to that? Like how do I teach my kid, my thirteen year old I'm sorry, I will, I'll stop. I will. But how do I teach how do I teach my thirteen year old or even myself to respond to that rejection when you know what's right and their response is just not what you and, and I'm gonna yeah. and the first part of that answer is it's gonna be hard. It is it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna be hard on it's gonna be hard on them, it's gonna be hard on you, and it's gonna be hard on the whole situation. But this this actually good for hard. Yeah. And, and, and that's and that the, everything else that, that I have in the notes here, okay. If we don't even get back to it tonight, that's it because this is important. Because here's real life. How do we be effective in this situation? How do we how do we be effective as as the child going through? How do we be effective as the parent trying to guide the child through? Because no. I, well, I get it. Every one of us who are parents have have that fear. You know, Ricky, who has adult children, who have children, and do you have any great grandchildren yet? None yet. You're not. I know you're not that old, but you know what I mean. You might have started young. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when they didn't start young either. Yeah, they did start young either. Okay. So we're, we're not the great. Nobody's here in great grandchildren. But then, you know, we have kids in different, you know, uh, college age, college age, uh, you know, middle age, you know, in between, in between age kids and young kids. We're we're all we've all had we we've walked through this. And all of us go. <laughs> you know, I, I hope we. I hope we haven't damaged them irreparably. <laughs> number one, I hope we haven't wrecked their lives and their kids' lives and their kids' kids' lives completely. But we, we've all had our our son or daughter, our, our children, come home and crying as they walk in the door because they've had a crappy day and they've and 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 things have gone wrong and and at varying levels you know and you guys weren't christians all the time that your kids were young right we were oh you were so you were you got born again before that but there are there are people who they they get saved in the middle of it and now they've got teenagers they're trying to figure out all of a sudden their life changes yeah what do you do with that how do you be effective in that and and that's where the grace of God comes in. So so first of all, it's going to be hard. Raising raising kids raising kids is hard. It just is. Can I just say too to the to your point about um, yes. just being um, kind of segregated and you know kind of repealed and whatever that could happen even if she wasn't a Christian. Yeah. I mean, because you look at kids. Yes. I mean, it's all over. It doesn't matter what. What background you have or what walk of life you have, 
all kids go through it, and not that it makes it okay no, or easy. No, I appreciate. I appreciate. But I mean, it's it not happens, and, and kids it's walk out of there, it. and I'm a product of public school. Of school, public and So I, mean, I appreciate that. It's it, how they deal with it. It's in, in, and, and the, the thing that you can, the thing that you and be can do is make sure that your voice is louder than any other voice out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and no, a I, I, I appreciate. You, I your totally home is a refuge. I came from. I did not grow up in Christian anything. Yeah, actually, to be honest, you're, 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 so I can appreciate that. Yep. And and for us, for yep. when I was not a Christian, it was more like about sportsmanship. But right. as yep. I get older and realize that life in a school for our kids is not necessarily replicated against how they perform in sports, especially for kids that don't do do sports. sports right. And they're so judged on that kind of uh, scale. Like, did they mm -hmm. do well in gym practice, or did they not? So that's where I'm coming from. So yeah. I totally appreciate what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, so then, same person actually, <laughs> where I was like, nobody cares what I did, but I did good, and that's fine. Yeah. And it, it was, I, I did that. Yeah. So then, then we talk about being fruitful. Yeah. Well, it, what's the what? What is it that we that we should be hoping for our children? What should we be exhibiting ourselves? Because the same thing can happen in a workplace. The same thing can happen in a neighborhood. The same thing can happen in in families. You know that that there are families who somebody gets saved and the rest of the family isn't. And and so it's it's hard on all the same levels. So how do we be fruitful in that? And you know, I, I, we could talk about his expectations. His ex expectations is for us to be fruitful, but how do we do it? The way we do it is we walk with all. Go to go to the last page. That you know that that is the the final and ultimate answer here is you'll see a, a diagram of the things that um, we've been talking about over the last thirteen weeks is. Add to your faith, virtue. Add to your virtue, knowledge. Add to your knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness. Brother, you know, working all the way around that love. But then it doesn't just stop with one rotation. We're, we're to continue to add. So, okay, so you're, you're newer Christians. And you have kids that are going through this, and they're they're in. They get it. They they they've come. They they've, they've heard the word. They're they they yeah. We get this. We we understand. We believe it. But they're growing. And so being fruitful doesn't mean that you're, you're uh, in a baseball analogy. It doesn't mean that you can knock it out of the park every time you get up to that. It doesn't mean that you get every single grounder. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you, you get everything perfect every time. It, it can't mean that because we live in an imperfect world. Same thing, you know, for any of us. I, I have a high standard for myself, but I'm about, I'm around this circle about, 150 times, 200 times, and I'm still not right. I'm still not there. I still get angry. I still, I still don't have, I'm not always kind. I don't always, you know, I'm not always this. I'm not always that. We're not perfect. We can't ex hold our kids to a standard where they're perfect, but we want them to keep growing. We want them to continue to grow. And it to be effective and fruitful it has to be balanced. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't have so much knowledge. Jesus said, "Not you know, uh, or Paul said it, I don't know who said it. Uh, love builds up, but knowledge puffs up. 
you know, just because you have a lot of knowledge, does that can be out of balance. So these things have to be continually added, but they also have to be balanced. And in, and so being effective and fruitful is we never just say we finally we're, we're, we've arrived. With your kids, it's it's not that they we we finally are you know they, they they've reached this level that that's good that's all they have to do. No, it's a continual growth in the things of God. And the world is a scary place, especially now. It keeps good. I mean, back when Ricky was a kid, it was so easy. It was so simple. Wow. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, right was right and wrong was wrong, and you knew exactly why you were choosing wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. And so it was, but. Today, it's there's so many, there is so many different, you know, reason, different uh, worldviews, worldviews, and and Great and lies. That, that's exactly like I'm, my issue is when they're at school and they they come across all this different stuff. It's it's not a godly worldview. Yep. Yep. And, and so when they come home and we're like deal with it from a godly worldview, mm-hmm. and then they go back and it's like roadblock, roadblock, and then they get discouraged and then they come home and then, you know, then that's, well, I don't like school, I don't like this and, and it's like, you're so smart. Like, how how do we engage you but still keep the yes. godly world? That's, I think, essentially what you and, and that is a discussion that every parent <clears throat> should have. It's a decision that they have to make because you, you, the, 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 the spectrum is so wide. You can go, you know what, you're going to stay in public school, you're going to have to figure it out. You're going to have to suck it up. <laughs> you know? yeah. And that's one end of it. Yeah. The other side is, no, we're going, to, we're going to keep you home, we're going to have you do it this way. And, and at different times, I believe that different kids need different things. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I know with, with our kids, you know, uh, Debbie, when, when, when we first got married, Debbie was a, she's an educator. She, her, you know, she has a degree yeah. in education. Yeah. And she was like, we're not homeschooling. Because my family did. My, my brothers and my sister did. Uh, they, they homeschool all their kids. And she's like, absolutely not. There is no way. We had Ethan. And when he got to about the age of homeschooling, she goes, I think I'm supposed to. You know, as she prayed about it, she felt like she was supposed to homeschool. And then, well, she was homeschooling Ethan. And I think, I think with Ethan, he, he needed to be homeschooled. It, because he was not the... He's going to send him. We're going to send him to school, and he's going to sit in the desk for seven hours. Mm-hmm. He, he would have, he would have blown up. <laughs> yeah. He would have been in so much trouble all the time. You know, even at homeschooling, he would get all of his homework done by nine, ten o'clock in the morning. Okay, now what can I do? Go Are you outside. Considering that, how much time is wasted? Yeah. Sorry. yeah. But yeah. Jason yeah, told me that about the last time. She said there was so much time. Sitting at a desk while she get a grade that they don't need to really get because they understand. So, so that for him, he needed that homeschooling. Tally probably could have gone to school right away, but we, Deb was homeschooling. She was, you know, she was in the mode. Tally liked being home, so she homeschooled. Ethan. All of a sudden, one day, one day, Deb says, "That's it. He's he. I can't. I can't. You know, because he was not. Now he wanted. Okay, what's out there? Yeah. And so, so then it was okay. Where now? Where do you put him? Because yeah. you don't. You know, just there's all kinds of options. Yeah. And so, you know, but the only way we made that, the only way we could make it, and any of you know anybody else would say that, is you pray about it. Yeah. You pray about it, and you say, okay, Lord, what do I need to do? And you'll have peace to know what to do. And then, you know, if you don't have peace yet, <laughs> no, pray a little harder. <laughs> you don't have peace about 
yeah. We're praying and, about both of our daughters. We don't have peace. And, and that's okay. It, it, it takes time sometimes. Do you know okay. what I mean? How long? How long? Two days is what I think. Just two days. <laughs> no more than 72 hours. No more than 72 hours. And it works in every situation. So <laughs> no, it, that, that you just you just keep seeking until until you know. But then once once Ethan went back to went went into to public school. Within the first year, Tyler's like, I want to go to public school, and she could. I just yeah. don't think. Yeah. And and now, then they, now they do. They, they both went to college early. They're doing PSEO. Yeah. Some kids shouldn't. Some kids should. I mean, it, it is not a cookie cutter yeah. anymore. It's not, but I don't. You wish it would. You wish it was, don't you? No, actually, I think that they need to do high school classes, and high school classes are high school classes for these two boys. Like the Our daughters might be different, but just wish the world because was I've, screwed up. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, that's that's <laughs> the answer. <laughs> Dang it. But I think yeah. as men, they need to go into the... Unfortunately, I think as men, they need to go into the workforce being equipped with, like, I've done all of this for all of you. And, and women, unfortunately, don't have the same... I have to say it and be okay. <laughs> I could turn the tape on. They're recording. <laughs> well, there's a gropers and then there's a gropies. Yeah. So, women, many women into our classes or into our positions, I'm sorry, out of classes that haven't had their bachelor's degree as of yet, as opposed to men, and, and there's no reason that I can personally define as why, other than they're female, and the whole like, oh, mine's starter, or whatever, whoever these creeps are that keep up the media, and, and our company does not support any, like I've never experienced any, like I've worked with this company for collectively, if I were to collect all of my years with this company, probably over 10 years. Never had any of that be an issue, but they're so like guarded. They want to give women a chance over men, and, which kind of pisses me off because guys are a little bit more like, no, you suck and you're done. And guys, <laughs> I mean, that's, I which is which is the real world. Here's the here's the world. Stand protected classes. And women have always traditionally been more like, oh, I'm not if you try a little harder, if you try a little harder, we'll keep you on to the quarter. I mean, and. The, but that's just for what I, like, I don't do a lot of, like, you know, other things. Like, it's just the retention part of our reimbursement structure. And they probably like, we have a guy. And I'm like, good, do you have anybody else? Do you have anybody that knows and what And they want to yeah, that's, exactly. That's okay. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care who you are. I don't care. And it's kind of like the whole, like, Weinstein and all of this crap has like generated like other stuff I think in our society to make it seem like it's bigger than yeah. it is and it shouldn't be because I'm like I don't care who they are do they know how to do this job and, and that's the reality of it that, everything that's and happening I don't care if they're check or not like get rid of them or everything not. that's happening yes. is really taking away from the focus of the way things should be. Yes. It, life, life really could be easy. It could be simple if people weren't so wrapped up into. Yes. I have to make a statement. I have to make a. I have to exactly. with my life. I have to prove my tallness. 
I have to. Everybody has to accept my tallness. Oh, we have to embrace. Yeah. <laughs> we have to embrace <laughs> my tallness. And and that I get special. I should get special rights because of my tallness. All doors in the world should now be changed to seven foot three, so that I never in a chain ever. And if you don't do it, which is why. Yeah. Oh, wow. But, but in the in this situation, how do we be fruitful? How do we because there's and it's almost like just being above and beyond what's expected. Yes, yes. because it's totally above and beyond what should well, be expected. It, and that sucks because I don't think it's fair. No, it's I don't not. Think it's fair at all. And I'll say that until I, the day I die. But like for men to enter the same job a woman enters in my industry. Not my company, my industry. Being very clear, it's like, because it's unrecorded. It, I'm be, it's being know, recorded so for posterity. Right? So I'm not recorded, but so what exactly did you say in that class? <laughs> but, but for a gentleman to be clarify your name, for yeah. a gentleman, <laughs> <laughs> for so. a gentleman to be considered for a for a position, they have to have you know experience and blah blah blah, like any other woman would have to have to be considered for that position. But if a woman were to say, I have difficulty interacting with male like superiors because of X, Y, and Z, because they, for whatever stupid reason, that's like red flag in the application period. And if a man was like to say, oh, I have difficulty with women in X, Y, and Z, it would be a different kind of flag. And they look at it, and I think it's so unfair. Because I work with women look like are told they baths, but like they <laughs> No, we have no business here. I, I don't necessarily agree or disagree with that statement. <laughs> it should not have anything to do with ability. It should, I mean, or with gender, it should have all to, be, to do with ability. And, and, and the people that complain typically have an ability issue compared to the counterparts. And so, so like, since we face that in our life, and our kids are going to face that, the fact that the world is unfair, and mm-hmm. we do our part to try to pave a better way, but that's just the way the world is, how do we, you know, I think with this also, um, how do we train our children to respond to mm-hmm. the fact that the world is unfair? How do can, we respond to can it? Can I use a, an example? Let's use the Kyrson Zoe. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So there, Kyrson, Zoe, and Tally are, are all going to Century for PSU, and they were all in the same English class together, and read the syllabus, read the ratings on the teacher, and it all seemed kosher and good, and it's like, oh, okay, this is a normal, just an English one-on-one class, right? So they get in the class only to find out that this teacher is going to have them read a book that is pornographic. Is I mean very explicit in nature and you know I mean on, vulgar. First, that's vulgar. Which is fine. They hear that well, at home all the time. So that's <laughs> what I'm but I mean they've heard it in the workplace. They've heard it. I mean it's not like they've never heard a swear or whatever. So you know that wasn't. But it was vulgar. I mean it was just graphic and disgusting. And had witchcraft. It had magic. It had demonic. I mean it was. It was. 
I'll tell you later. It was it was it was a really ugly. It was an ugly book. I mean, it was just whatever, and we had a tough choice. It's like, do we take a stand here and 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 say no? We're we're not gonna put our kids through this. I mean, what do we do? And so. Um, through you know working with them and whatever, and they just really felt like I mean, Tally come home and she felt sick about it, and so did my our kids. And we're like, well, we don't feel good about it, so we're gonna have you withdraw from the class. Well, by the time they were gonna withdraw, it was too late to withdraw without a W mm-hmm. on the transcript, which could affect. But they also they also got support from one of the counselors, of the counselors. that wrote a wrote a letter of reference saying this is why they have the W exactly. gave gave the the reasoning behind it. Oh, but they wrote a, a it very it's very detailed letter about why we you know why we are withdrawing and we you know whatever. But they ended up getting a W on their transcripts and. You know, hopefully in the future, I, I think they can, you know, depending on what college they go to, they can explain it. Yeah. But they had to make a stand. Yeah. And I'm sure, I, I know yeah. the teacher was, you know, coming back at them with stuff and, you know, and it, it that was a little bit hard to walk in and have a meeting with, you know, face-to-face with these people and what? What's your problem? You As know? teenagers. As teenagers. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't bring your parent in with you. But your you know, parent, but they have the benefit now of knowing that their parents have their back. Yes. yes. And that's what that's the key is that we are we're we were in the process with them. Mm-hmm. We didn't leave them on an island and say, Oh, good luck, Johnny, and yeah. or, or suck it up and read this that may just yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's exactly the same. I it's probably so. the same professor that we dealt with when we were like going up against those things with them yeah. but like really where you have to take a stand right. as a parent and be like no I'm not supporting right. you have my kid teach this to my child. But that's I'm not supporting you to force my kid to write a, an essay in support of this yeah. do so, they have a choice where they can go? yes um, they yeah. do yeah. They, they can go they can go wherever in any Minnesota school the nice part is, is it's close. And it, what's interesting is the, the professor that they, they they looked at the person up, and they had that that professor had high ratings. We found out afterwards it's because the students are the ones who, who give the ratings, and so it was an easy teacher with you know she was cool. They have a they have another professor who taught history. Was it history? History, history who had very low ratings. They absolutely love it. Because he actually teaches, and it's okay. her. Her. It's a lady. Is it her? Well, I'm so sexist. And so, uh, history teacher's got to be men, right? Yeah, right. That's okay. But, but, it, but he, he, she had very low rating. They absolutely loved her. So they, they, we've learned to not go by the ratings. Yeah. We go. We actually talk to people and say, okay, who, who's the instructor? What do they do? But now, in their case, if her daughter, if their daughter could actually get into college, yep. couldn't she go to some place like Vassal or yeah. Northwest could. or something? Yeah. Where but she could run into the same thing. Yeah, she would be a little bit more protected. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. As my mother-in-law went to Bethel, and she's not a Christian, <laughs> she had one of the professors come out and say that they're basically an atheist. One of the professors at Bethel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My oldest, I don't know if they were an adjunct or what, but my oldest brother <coughs> went there for a year, so I yeah. I, I know. It, yeah. Yeah. So, so so to keep from being ineffective, you know, looking at these things, looking at at being 
having faith, uh, living with virtue, gaining knowledge of, of God, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love, and then keep growing in those things. What that is basically saying is they have to be. We have to be different because the world is not doing those things. And that's that is how we keep from being ineffective. Is if we don't, if if we grow up in being like the world, well, we're not going to be effective in that because because why we're no different than they are. And I'm not talking about you know wearing uh, long robes and and having our hair under you know in buns or or in uh, you know dreadlocks uh, or whatever. It's it's not about outward rules. It's not about following rules. It's about our character. And and when our character is different than the world. We'll, we will, but then when, when our character is different than the world, then we're going to be persecuted. Yeah. And, and so that was another thing I definitely want to talk about is, is we have to help our children to understand that in this world, they will be persecuted. Yeah. And that, that's a hard thing to do because nobody wants to be singled out. Nobody wants to be uh, ostracized. Nobody wants to be picked up. That, that professor, I remember the kids went in and, and said to her, can you give us a different book? No, you have to read this one. Well, can, you, can, we, can we, we skip this one and, and what's the next book? It doesn't matter. It's, you know. And they didn't care that these are 16, 17, 18-year-old Christian kids. You know, they, they don't care because they're trying to indoctrinate. Yeah. The world is trying to destroy yeah. Christianity systematically. We have to be different. <clears throat> then... If our character isn't different, here's the scary. Here's the scary side of it. If we're not growing in this and our character isn't different, we can we can be ineffective because we can be found out. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole thing. I was praying this last week and I was looking at what's happening in Hollywood, what's happening in the news media with, you know, Lauer and 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 Weinstein and all those you know, the, the everything that's going on with, within the government, you know, uh, Frank and everything else. And I was just, I was kind of just thinking about that, meditating. And there's been some some um, things from from uh, different ministers who have been t- saying the Lord has been saying different things about that it's going to get actually worse. It's going to it's going to be very exposed. Yeah. And I was just meditating on that, praying about it, and and the Holy Spirit says, um, He says, it, Why are you surprised about this? Why are you surprised this is happening? He said, Because it doesn't the word say that judgment is coming to the world. And that it begins with the church. Remember the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. I mean, the number of Christians who just fell and fell and fell. I mean, embarrassing, horribly embarrassing. And and people there because because they were doing things. They were doing their their character was in such a way that when it got exposed, they lost all credibility. And so. But it happened to the church first. Now, and the, and the world laughed at us. The world mocked us. The, and, and, and rightfully so. You know, okay, rightfully so. But now it's happening to them. Right. And the thing is, that the, the, the last verse the Lord reminded me of is, is don't, don't rejoice when he's dealing with the unrighteous, when he's, when he's meeting out justice to the unrighteous or to the unrighteous, because he can pull his hand away at any time. You know, we want God to take care of what's going on in, in, our, in our government and in the, but but if we rejoice in that fact, He'll pull His hand away. But then, if we're rejoicing, if we're if we're happy, if we're, we're making a big, hey, look at how foolish they look. 
that spotlight can come back to us at any time. And, and our character has to be such that we have to be upright before him. And, and it also gives an opportunity for those that have fallen to be reconciled with God. I mean, yes. because, the, mm-hmm. you know, these people may open their, their hearts up to understanding what what their sin was and, and be born again. Yes. Yeah. And that's, you know, and, and I'll... Are uh, you, what are you referring to? Well, you, you know, the mighty fall, right? Yeah. And, and they yep. get, make it to the point where they understand that everything had been a facade and now their whole life is in shambles. How many of us came to Christ when our life was in shambles, right? I mean, because that's very much. That's right. And you're right. You know, so when yep. you're praying for these people, I mean, yeah, you, you want to see your souls, but it's also an opportunity for so many people to show the grace of God. But I ask you more so because it's confirmation of what I feel. I think there are a lot of young ladies, women, and men who have followed subject. Mm-hmm. I think God is their opponent versus their victor, mm-hmm. and their their key to victory. And so, with our children, we try to insult that. Man. But how do we reach those other kids or other people? By by you? then having by living it right, you, you, you live it, you live it, bring it, yes. eat it, work it, yes. you do that. But I think. Exactly. I think that there's not enough of that. I mean, RBCC can do so much, but how do we reach other? Well, and, and that's where we have to believe that. Yeah, that wasn't exactly where I was going, but that's that's a fantastic way to say it. Say, say it again, really loud. One starfish at a time. Right. Yeah. You know, we the, we we believe that a small mustard seed grows into a large plant. I believe that's that faith. That that these small acts, you know, the the it's interesting to watch the, the the gift thing going on out there right now, because I remember uh, when that first started. We did. I don't think we did anything last year, did we? Or did we do a, a gather? You know, we had done a couple of years of, of gathering stuff together, and uh, no, I don't think anything went out. I don't think, and it just and it wasn't like we decided no, we're not going to. It just didn't. And so I remember about three months ago, we were driving and Deb goes, is, is Vern doing anything with the give, giveaway? I was like, I don't know. And she goes, can I ask him? I was like, sure. Small, small little, hey, I wonder if. And all the things that have happened since that, I wonder if. And then she called Vern. Vern, were you going to do something? Well, I hadn't even thought about it. Let me pray about it. He calls back, yeah, let's do something. And then start taking steps. Look how much it grew. And that's... That's what we're doing here is none of us are perfect in faith. None of us are perfect in, in virtue. None of us are pick, perfect in love and all those things. But we, we be faithful with what we have. We be faithful where we are. We be faithful with our kids where we're at today. Mm-hmm. Because you never have enough days and you're never going to get it perfect. You know, you're always, but when, when they walk out the door, you know, you're going to go, Oh, I wish I, I wish I had two more days. You know, I wish I could say this. And and then as they get older, and then they come back and actually do want to listen to you. Yeah, from what I hear, you could actually have more influence. But then maybe you know, how's that working for everybody with kids coming back and having more influence? Some it's a lot better. It's a lot better. Okay, good. Praise <laughs> God. That's why the word says too. You know, that to to talk to them. You know, when you walk by the way, when you when you are you know when you are lying down and when you're rising up, and just to be constantly in conversation with them 
about God and His goodness and who He is and what He does and you know and just constantly having that conversation with them and pouring into them every minute that you have Amen. and not wasting a minute um, on something that is gonna produce another zero fruit. Yes. You know, it's just constantly that constant pouring in and the word says that, you know, train a child in the way they should go and when they're old they shall not depart. And that doesn't mean when they're, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, you know, it means when they become the age of adult. Mm-hmm. And 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 you also then have to believe it's working. Yeah. Because you don't always see it, you know. You, you know, there's there's large large tracks of time where it doesn't look like it's working. Right. Yeah. Just just like there's large tracks of time. I'm sure God is looking at me, going, "So when are you going to figure this out? Yeah. You know, when are you going to get this?" And so we're we're all in this together. He's not afraid of you reminding him. You know, you promised me this. Right. You know, I may not be seeing the evidence of this, but you promised. This is what it says in your word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true I think that one of the things that I would take away from parenting is to keep that communication open. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what it takes. I don't care if they walk in at three in the morning. Right. If they walk in at one in the morning, you know, just to be there and to listen and yeah. Get out of bed and talk. But it is so powerful. If you don't have that, I mean, then, you know, otherwise there's there's the block and you can't talk anymore. That's not good. So I remember my husband always said, thank you for getting up and talking to them. And it really does make a difference. Amen. Because they'll talk to you for the rest of your life. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. There's times they won't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then I, that, that's another thing I was going to say is after doing everything, like you said, after you've done all the stand, stand, then it's grace. Grace, grace, grace. Yeah. Because we're not perfect. You know, my parents weren't perfect. And look at me. I turned out amazing. You know, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm not perfect. And my, you know, everything, the way I've raised my kids, there's some things I go, wow, I did that right. Mm-hmm. There's other things I went, oh, shoot. <laughs> They're turning out just like, like me. me. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not a good thing. You know, I, I tease Tally all the time. One one day we were talking, we were sitting around the table talking, and, and Ethan does think like Deb. He's very analytical. He's very principled. Everything is just good, 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 good. And Tally is free spirit. And she's like, ah. So we're talking about Ethan and Deb and how they think in their minds. And all of a sudden, Tally puts her fork up. So she goes, I have your brain. <laughs> and I went, yeah, sorry, sweetheart, you have my brain. And we tease each other about it now. You know, we we don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have all the right answers all the time. And if you don't, it's okay. There's grace, but you keep doing better. You keep growing. You go around the circle again. You keep you keep working on the balance. You keep growing in faith, and you keep growing. And and praise God. <laughs> one of the things I say too is, you know, as, as one of the things that we can do as Christians, that's that's different, is when you, you know, when you do have those times when they're persecuted and, you know, whatever. I mean, our example is Jesus, right? I mean, he, he when he was going to the cross, people were spitting on him and they were, you know, mocking him and throwing stuff at him, and you know, and it was far more brutal than. Probably most of the things that we've ever experienced, um, but I, I think 
one of the things that we as Christian parents can do is to remember his compassion he had on the people, even though they were doing what they were doing when he was headed to the cross, mm-hmm. when he was headed to his crucifixion. He still had compassion for them. His heart broke because he was like, it was like on the other side of it, that it wasn't being critical, oh, those jerks, and oh, look at their, oh, yeah, they're just rotten, and oh, it was this, it was his heart of compassion for them, like, they don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They just don't know what they're doing, and it just breaks my heart that they don't know what they're doing. And so to pray and say, well, honey, and I'm sure you guys do, but just well, I just think for them, say, for the for our kids, it's really hard for them. It's hard as kids to to, to get the translation, right? yep. you know. And the thing is, it's it's hard for kids for them to understand that this is actually for them, like yeah. it's for them, like right. this happened for them, yeah. for us, and we've accepted it, and we've dealt with it, but for them also, yeah, right, like no, for right. as children. God died for you. Right? Christ died Absolutely. for yep. you. And it's a tough concept. Apart. And I just wish there was a way to get them to understand it more tangibly. I don't know. They probably do more than you think. Yeah. I hope so. They do more than I you hope think. so. They do. Yeah. And, and I think they, you know, in some of their actions, I'm like, oh, they get it. Oh, yeah. And they sometimes do. I'm like, they, they get it at the level that they're at. They do. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, I, I, but I think that's part of going off. Yeah. yeah. Ricky. Yeah, Ricky. As, as I have two grandsons who are <coughs> like that, yeah, they have yeah. always been all along in advanced classes. Um, the oldest one is 15 now. Part of what has been, and I don't know if this isn't, they're both in the Stillwater School District, gone to public school, but part of those advanced classes and the tracks they're on, both of them, they're 13 and 15, is they're required to do community service work. Yep. Yeah. And my daughter and son-in-law make sure of the kind of community service they do and what I have seen is they're building into them that they're building into them being able to go and help and, and do things that make a difference. And I have been very surprised because my first judgment was that these were going to be two very spoiled boys because they're economically they're doing very well. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I get that. But I'm watching two young men who are being being shown that and it is making a difference. They so were very hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's um and even though they can pick whatever. You know, I I work with um, senior care, right? That's my job. I do uh, Medicare and Medicaid reimbursement. I pay reimbursement for people that live in nursing homes after their Medicare reimbursement has ended, typically. And so that's where my focus is, and I would love, and, and, and they have. I brought Rachel and all of our kids actually in to do stuff with the elders, and they love it. So I don't have a fear for that. I don't have a fear for the hours of, of knowing what it's like to give back, and I don't think they wait like how the actual economy works. 
You know what I mean? Like I know adults that don't understand how the economy works. Right, but, but there's, like, there's a whole bunch of people at Congress that don't understand yeah, how the economy works. Both of these things be great and still not be reimbursed for any of it, and then you can have all these things that look good that reimburse like better because of they they look good on paper, and so. <coughs> Ethically, myself, I want to get my kids on board, and this is, and they probably won't be involved with I want them to know the difference between what pays what and who pays who, and how that all that works. But they do, they do. They have come with me to do like Santa stuff, they come with me to do like their Christmas <coughs> story stuff at, at all wells, at um at uh, some of our other communities in the industry in that area so they're they're good with that like they're good with the service part of it but i think the other part of it they don't and then and they're growing i mean at 13 honestly i don't want them to get it right now because if they did they would be so changed by the world i i didn't understand I didn't understand algebra until I was 23. <laughs> it's just, I it didn't. I'd go to all the classes and I would do the homework and I, I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. All of a sudden one day it clicked in. I didn't understand a lot of things until story. older. And that's... It's just a different story. Yeah, I'm 23 because my, te- I, my teacher was a tennis coach and went off for tennis instead of baseball. So he gave me a big grade. So I'm 23. I'm 23. I was thinking about that earlier today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, life life started making a lot more sense when I rededicated my life and got filled with the Holy Ghost and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I mean just that it got clearer and you know, oh that's all that works. Yeah. So. Alright. So in this good luck. That's all I got to say. Good luck. Thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. But but we're all in this together, you know. I mean, we've all we're all walking it. We're we've all walked it. We're you know, and and you never stop walking it, even when it's grandkids. You know, you never stop walking it. You you're always concerned about them. You're, we're always wanting them to grow, and the world keeps waxing worse and worse. So you, here's the world we live in. It's not it's not fair. It's not good. It's not pure. It's not holy. Um, and there's and the, the support systems that used to be there years ago. I mean, in our in our hometown, in our hometown, everybody went to church. Everybody at least had that basic understanding of this is what is right. That's what's wrong. Now, whether you actually lived it or not, you at least knew it. You, you, yeah. you, and it was yep. it was a common understanding. Now it's no longer a common understanding. That's why we have to keep growing. If we don't keep growing, and that's what Second Peter one is all about. That's what making it, it making it through the uh, this this uh, dispensation, this time of of history where things are going. You know, it says that that evil will wax even worse. It'll get darker and darker and darker. In that, we have to be ready to deal with these things, and we have to believe that God's gonna gonna help us through. And our kids. Because none of us want to see our kids not make this. Yeah. Yeah, and they will. They're going to. But we just keep walking by faith. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray, and we will dismiss. Father, I do thank you. Lord, praise God for this discussion tonight and for the reality of all of this. Not just theory, but how does it really work in in real life. And Lord, I 
we get to the end of all this and I want to say, tell us more, Father. <laughs> Reveal more to us. Help us to understand it more because we want to be effective. We want to be fruitful in all of this. So, Father, we thank you. Thank you for this week. Watch over kids and during the program this weekend and that we will have a fantastic Christmas season in Jesus' name. Amen.